17th. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Poke Runyon. And tonight we will review and discuss the Cygnus Mystery 2006 and the Cygnus Key 2018 by Andrew Collins. Now, these recent books are in the tradition of Hamlet's Mill, 1969, The Serious Mystery, 1976, and Gordon White's Starships, 2016. And they all fall into the category of popular celestial archaeology. Now, most importantly for us in the Hermetic community, they all seek to validate our ancient initiatic code which holds that our spirits descend from the heavens and to the heavens we shall return via the Milky Way as our river of souls. Now, like so many of his predecessors in this uh, theme, Andrew Collins locates the ancient shamanic origins of this concept in old Hyperborea in north-central Asia. Now, he presents a good case for the constellation Cygnus the Swan bringing down the new souls like the stork brings babies. Now, he suggests that the Paleolithic genius giant Denisovan hominoids recently discovered in Siberia were the originators of our celestial mythology and that they carried it all the way down to ancient Egypt. I am not sure that I agree with all of his ideas, but for the most part, he seems to be on the mark. So if you want to follow the starry path to immortality, stay with us, and we'll fly with the swans. Okay, now the discovery of the 12,000-year-old Gobekli Tepe Temple complex in Turkey in 1996 gave credence to the theory of a Neolithic era civilization in the last centuries of the Ice Age. This, of course, was the era when Atlantis supposedly sank beneath the rising sea levels and its refugees spread its civilization around the world from Egypt to South America. Now, armchair archaeologists also credit the pyramids and other ancient monuments to extraterrestrial astronauts. Now, the History Channel bombards us with ancient alien documentaries that attempt to prove this theory. But meanwhile, another group of theorists are seeking to establish that this Ice Age pre-civilization was entirely homegrown although perhaps influenced by extraterrestrial intrusions. That's mushroom spores, DNA manipulation, and divine intervention, all coming down from, um, from the skies, rather than extraterrestrial visitors. Now, they believe that ancient astronomy, astrology, and mythology provide the clues and the keys to the creation of our earliest civilizations. As an anthropologist and a hermetic magician, I tend to agree with them because their theory validates our ancient hermetic celestial initiation code as set forth by Hermes Trismegistus and later Macrobius. 
many philosophers and mystics of the past have theorized. They hold that the original people who received this Gnosis came down from Hyperborea and needed the ancient civilization and seeded the nature the ancient civilizations in the Near East, including the Gobekli Tepe uh, and Tempe Temple. Now, Andrew Collins is perhaps the first popular writer to deal with the implications of the newly discovered hominids, the Denisovians, in the context of celestial mythology and the emergence of ancient civilization. Now, following the discovery of Gobekli Tepe in 1996, a human species contemporary with European Neanderthals was discovered in Siberia in 2008. Now, like the Neanderthals, they were absorbed by modern humans, but not before they had migrated down to Southeast Asia and become the ancestors of the Melanesian Pacific Islanders and the Australian Aborigines. Now, these people were very intelligent, tall and robust, and developed a sophisticated Stone Age toolkit. Now, their shamanism survived in the north and was probably the origin of the circumpolar cult that postulated the Milky Way as the River of Souls and, according to Collins, the constellation Cygnus as the descending spirit bird returning the reborn souls to Earth. Now, he notes that Siberian shamans still mount images of swans on poles to honor the great soul bird. He also suggests that the, that the, Denisovan, the Denisovans, I want to say Denisovians, but it's Denisovans, had an albino trait in their DNA and might have given rise to the Siberian legend of the white-eyed giants who were driven underground by their enemies in ancient times. Unfortunately, Collins interprets this to mean that they buried themselves alive in some sort of ritual suicide, whereas the legend says that they escaped into caverns. Now, we replicated this in our film Beyond Lemuria, having our actors wear white contact lenses and dark sunglasses to conceal their subterrestrial identities. Now, in his similar book, Starships, Gordon White cites research on the creation of underground cave networks during the Neolithic period to escape radioactive solar flare activity. Large ancient and medieval underground cities in Central Asia are still in evidence and might have been the final refuge of the Denisovans. Most are dated to the Middle Ages, but they could be much older. Collins does not mention this possibility or anything to dispute currently established dates for monuments such as the pyramids and the Sphinx. Now, I suspect that he's intimidated by Zawi Hawass and does not wish to be declared persona non grata in Egypt. He does suggest that the Stone Age Denis Denisovans were present in prehistoric Egypt with their pressure-flaking toolkit and what he assumes to be their engineering skills. But failure to backdate the Egyptian monuments weakens this theory. He also disputes 
Robert Baval's theory that the celestial pattern of Orion's belt overlays the placement of the Giza pyramids. Collins believes that the Cygnus cross is a better fit, even though he admits that Cygnus's main star, Deneb, is very faint. He seeks to apply the Cygnus swan mythology to Egyptian celestial myths by using the legend of the great cackler, a world-creating goose that is depicted on the Dendera zodiac. But he mixes the goose up with Aquila the eagle, who, according to the initiatic code, takes the departing souls up the Milky Way, while the swan, or the goose, brings them back down to Earth. And as in his failure to backdate the pyramids to prehistory, he conversely fails to mention the very late date for the Dendara Zodiac. Now, please understand that I am, for the most part, very supportive of Andrew Collins' books. He is a knowledgeable Egyptologist and is certainly right that the circumpolar celestial myths from Central Asia did influence Greco-Egyptian astronomy and astrology. However, that influence was indirect. It came originally through Mesopotamia. Perhaps the biggest failing in Collins' book is his failure to give his readers a summary of what we already knew about the Ice Age maritime culture and the influence of Central Asian celestial mythology before Gobekli Tepe and the Denisovans were discovered. The Red Pate people were a seafaring culture who navigated from Europe to America over 6,000 years ago. The Akkadians, who established Babylonian astronomy and astrology, came down from Central Asia at about the same time. They brought Cygnus the Swan with them, and they referred to Cygnus as the Anzu bird, who stole the Tablet of Destiny from the gods. Now that sounds very shamanic, but Collins completely ignores these examples. Another major archaeology anomaly that Collins doesn't handle very well is his ancient technology. A Denisovan artifact, a polished stone bracelet, appears to have a hole drilled in it by a machine tool. This, along with the Gobekli Tepe dressed stone pillars, reminiscent of the Gate of the Sun at Teotihuacan, and other machine-dressed monuments and artifacts, Given the time span allocated to the uh, Denisovans, 300,000 years, they would have had time to develop from the Stone Age to the modern Industrial Age during that period. But the Stone Age Denisovans found in Siberia were only 40,000 years old. So it could be that they had themselves their own apocalypse and... and, and uh, and recovered from it in a, in a second stone age. So we must ask, if they had degenerated from an earlier high level of civilization from which they still possessed relics, now if we, can't, if we can't accept this idea, we are led to other reasonable conclusions. Either they developed an industrial and highly technical civilization at some point in their distant past, long before our history and theirs began, or they were visited and assisted by ancient astronauts. 
or that they, and by extension us, were the descendants of ancient astronauts themselves, and by extension us, us also. You may argue that the ancients were more technically advanced than we had previously supposed, but they were not industrialized, and high technology needs industry, despite what the tree huggers may tell you. It is not sufficient to offer such ancient devices as the Anthrika computer and the astrolabe to prove that our ancient ancestors had advanced technology. Both these instruments are very clever, but they do not need to have been reverse engineered or replicated from earlier models. They are both entirely mechanical. Now, it is true that Afghan tribesmen have successfully replicated bolt-action repeating rifles on hibachi-sized forges, but they have trouble copying automatic assault rifles because the magazine feeding problems get them from. You need industry for that. Much easier for them to trade opium and hashish for a new AK-47 than try to, than try to copy one. I mention this because too many people do not understand the phenomenon of technical evolution. In order to have technology, you must first have industry. And in order to sustain technology, you must first sustain industry, something Al Gore and his information age followers never understood. So we have to ask ourselves, if our ancestors, Denisovan or Homo sapien or a mixture of both, had the modern toolkit necessary to leave us the monuments, Kli Tepe, Teotihuacan, and ancient Egypt, where do we find the long-lost evidence of their industry and their technology? Well, I suggest that we search for it underground in Central Asia, underwater off the coast of Europe, and on Mars, where we may originally have migrated from. Andrew Collins suggests that the Denisovans may have accomplished these engineering miracles with sonics. Well, perhaps they did, but I submit that even though The ancients did have marvelous knowledge of acoustics. They would still need devices to dress and erect stonework with such precision, even if sonic frequencies were used. All of these critiques noted, I still find Collins' idea that our DNA has been influenced by cosmic forces and Gordon White's equating the same influence to celestial spirits and gods to be right in line with our hermetic initiation code and Cygnus to be a perfect analog for the descending dove that places a sacred wafer upon the hermetic holy grail. And in closing, I would like to mention that we not only depict the white-eyed Denisovans, the subterranean Duros in beyond Lemuria, but we also employ an ibis-beaked soul travel boat in our advanced pathworkings. So exploring the Cygnus mystery was a special treat for me, and I highly recommend it to you all to stimulate your mind and get you to thinking about the original Hermetic Initiation Code. And so... Be sure and tune in next week, and that's all for tonight, and meanwhile, good magic.